Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where we tech the tech. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Techie, techie, tech, tech, tech. Very well said. Today, we want to talk about <laughs> a bunch of our, like, day-to-day technology. This is kind of like two or three different topics that we took from our idealist and jammed them together. So we'll see how this goes. Right. Um, mostly, I just wanted to start out with, like... What technology do you use the most day to day? Because I know for me, like, there's no question it's my iPhone, like, above everything else. But how about you? Everything else. Yeah, iPhone is absolutely the most used. And uh, I've tried to cut back. And actually, I switched to iPhone from Android because I thought it was going to give me more time away from my phone. Because Android gives you so much customization. And when you, you know, get super user on it, you can pretty much just mess with it and make it do anything you want to and i had a nexus so i was basically having pure android and just getting to tweak it and do everything when it broke and i went back to iphone for the simplicity it made me stop using it for a while because you can't do as much and now i'm using it pretty much constantly yeah i love my phone but i mean like my phone is connected to so many aspects of my life you know like yeah um I mean, I'm a, I've been a freelancer for like the last almost three years now. So I I actually have like email notifications pushed to my phone, which I I would never yep. do that when I'm working for somebody else. And like you leave the office at night, I'm done, you know. But when I'm yeah, my own business, absolutely, yeah, like I need to know when clients need me. So I have like yep. all of my emails pushed to my phone, which is just key for me. I'm always like kind of. I have it within my eyesight. I'm not constantly checking it, you know, to see, like, what's going on in my email. But, like, if one comes in, I see it. And that's important for me. And then, like, everything else, like, you know, texting, uh, phone calls, Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time, if you guys don't know that already. If you're not already (laughs) talking to me on there. Yeah. Wonderlist, which is key for a bunch of my different workflows for both work and then just what I do with my free time because Wonderlist syncs up everywhere. So I have a tab open on like all of my computers that have my Wonderlist open. And then I also have it on my phone. So if I have thoughts about things I need to work on yeah. or workflows or just ideas I need to jot down, I know like some people carry a notebook, but I'm just, I'm all digital. So that's Wonderlist for me. Like I jot down my and ideas. I do both in there. of that. Like, I do both of those where I use Wonderlist. Thanks to you, I've, I've started using Wonderlist and it doesn't do everything I want it to do quite like I want it to, but it is one of the best options I've found for that workflow, like you mentioned, and keeping notes and just jotting things down. But I do keep a notebook with me. I keep two or three actual Moleskine notebooks with me for different things because sometimes I just want to write it down that I can get the ideas out better on a notebook than I can on my phone. And then go and transfer it later. And I'm just, I'm so much like quicker at getting it out digitally than I Mm. am at writing it. Like I, I haven't had like a notebook and paper with me and I don't even know how many years, like since school when they kind of made you because there weren't better options, you know, I'd rather just have everything digital now. So those are all important to me. And then another thing that I'm constantly checking is the weather and people in other areas of the country might not understand this, but like, Yeah, I. it's weird when I talk to other people and they're like, what do you mean you check the weather? Like when you live in <laughs> in an area like I do, if you live in Minnesota, but it's also other parts of the Midwest, like we get literally every season, right? It gets up yes. to 100 here in the summer. It also gets down to like negative 20, sometimes more, like more negative than that in the winter. Like you don't really yeah. know 
what you're in for on a given day. Like if it's going to thunderstorm in the middle of the fall or the summer or like, you know, if you're going to get thunder really? snow, like you don't know. Yeah, it's so all over the place. See, and that's so that's so not the lifestyle that I have. Like I'll use my phone to check what the high or the low is in the morning or the night. And that's like if I decide I want to wear something specific and just to know if I'm going to be uncomfortable, that we're so temperate for the most part. Like we have extremes like it is. It's a muggy swamp here during the summer. But for the most part, like we might get into the single digits in temperature two every two years, maybe sometimes every year. Like we rarely go below like 15 degrees here in in you know, North Alabama, Southern Tennessee. Yeah. And I know it's not super compelling talking about weather, but like when like two nights ago it was freezing but here yeah. and then, you know, today it's like 70 again. Like we, you know, we have a big range in our temperature. So I'm constantly looking at the forecast because when you live in Minnesota, you don't dress for what the temperature is. You dress for what the temperature will be, which is another okay. something other people don't necessarily understand. Nope. If you're in somewhere temperate, like you are like, I will go out in shorts and a t-shirt if it's very cold in the morning. If I look and it's going to be 70 later, like you just uh, deal that with makes it. Sense. Yeah. And that, you know, using the apps and things like that to keep track of it really does make your life easier. It's an increase in quality of life where you don't have to schedule out to watch the news and the weather and things like that at specific times. You just know what's going on. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's pretty much why I use my phone for everything. I, I don't really watch any kind of scheduled TV or, or you know looking at anything that's at a specific time because I can check it on my phone because that is there. So that's why the iPhone is the most used thing that I have. And even for me, just like for sending my daughter out to the bus stop in the morning or walking her out to the bus stop, like I need to know what level of like dress she needs to be in for the day, you know, because it can vary. Like I said, it can vary between shorts and t-shirt and like winter coat in a couple days. You know, it's it's not unheard of. And then the other thing I'm always using my iPhone for are podcasts and audiobooks because I'm subscribed to yeah. like 50-ish podcasts that I get every Goodness week. Gracious. Yeah, and um, when I when I run out of those, because I run out of those, uh, I switch over to audiobooks. So I'm usually listening yeah. to a lot while I'm being productive or doing housework or going for a run or whatever. So like my iPhone is the core technology that I use all yeah. the time. And I think that's for a lot of people using our phones that I know, like my wife works at the public library here. And when we first started dating and got married, the computers at the library were used constantly. Like there was always about two dozen people waiting at any given time for their turn on the public computers. And now there's only like a rush like that once a week, maybe where, you know, there's not even that many people up that because everybody has access to their own device to do that kind of thing. That's only when you need something very specific to do on a desktop PC that they have someone coming in all the time to use it. That that just the proliferation of, of smartphones has changed the way that even the public uses tech. So it's, it's no wonder that that's our most used thing throughout the day. And you even use it for gaming. Like you do a lot of mobile gaming where I don't where I don't do 
any. Yeah, I do. Um, I go between periods of using it very heavily for gaming and then not playing something on it for a long time. It just depends yeah. like what kind of mood I'm in. But yeah, you're right. I do use it a lot more than you do for that particular circumstance. And I'm looking at it. I've got a class that I'm taking in two weeks, maybe at the beginning of no. Well, whatever the beginning of November is. I don't remember when that is. But uh, there's a class that uh, the public library is offering in their new makerspace that they've got with green screens and things like that, where it's an iPhone cinematography class that one of the local video production guys is teaching. And I'm really excited for this because I've, I even posted a, a poll on Twitter today because I'm super excited about the idea of video and having just short videos online to do things and uh, vlogging. I just want to experiment with it and I want to use my iPhone for it. Like I want to use the 6S for this because it has a decent enough camera. There are a lot of accessories that you can use for it and it's not a lot of extra cost since I already have it just to experiment with a new medium that I think the versatility of having that every day is going to be able to, you know, it helped me move into podcasting by doing experimental recording on it uh, at first. You know, I'd done it for, a, you know, months trying to get the right voice to do something even on my own that is going to let me experiment with video that way as well and just see if that I'm cut out for that kind of thing. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm just constantly amazed that like our phone is not just a phone. Like usually that's one of the things you use it for the least unless you're yeah. constantly making calls for your job or whatever. Um, besides that, it's like you have, you know, a worldwide pocket communicator device linked to like, you know, the Internet. It's crazy. I just I love smartphones. Yeah. They're amazing. Besides that, my next most used one is probably my Mac laptop just because I use it for work uh... every day. So not super compelling, but I'm just I'm on it every day doing work on it. That's what I do while I'm freelancing. It's a good fit for me. Yeah. And then my other computer is kind of like my fun computer, my home computer. Um, that's my PC desktop. So that's where I do yeah. all my gaming when I'm gaming on computer. And then it's also the Plex server that drives like all of the media for my house. Do you have Plex at all? I do have Plex. I stream it to the PS3, which the PS3 is my number two because that's our media center where we watch all of our stuff, you know, kind of like your Plex is for you guys. That's what the PS3 is to me. And I was going to ask you about Plex because you're the one who introduced me to it. Like all of the cool technology, it's like either you or somebody on Twitter is like, hey, you should watch this or look at this. And I'm like, oh, cool. I've never heard of this one. And uh, But do you watch YouTube on it? Can you add things like YouTube videos to a queue through it? Because we end up just using the YouTube app on the PS3. Like that's becoming a like almost like a TV channel for us because we're getting so many different subscriptions on YouTube. Yeah, I actually I watch almost all of my YouTube through Plex now just because I I don't like like I hate getting interrupted through the day to have to stop and watch a video because it's like I have yeah. to stop everything I'm doing and give my full attention to it. So if okay. I see videos I'm interested in, um, I just add them to my queue in Plex and they just show up on the media server. And then when I'm sitting okay. down at night later, I'll just sit down and watch them back to back. OK, see, I've never tried that, never added anything like that. I need to give that a shot. Yeah, it's it's really cool. There's um there's a Chrome extension you can get. And I don't know if it's official or not, but I use it all the right. time. It works great. It's just a little button that sits up kind of by your URL bar, and you just yeah. click it, and it searches the page for a video, and if it sees one, it just instantly adds it to your queue on Plex. 
I'm actually, while we're recording this, I'm making sure I open that up in another tab so I can do it when we finish recording. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. So if you guys don't know, Plex is like, it's a media server, you run it on a computer, and you basically just, you can drop whatever media in whatever organization you want, basically, into a folder structure somewhere on your computer. Um, as long as you have Plex running, you just point Plex to that, and it will like grab all your media it'll grab all the metadata it organizes them in a very nice way so you're basically like streaming it from your own device to your other devices so for me it goes from my my main pc desktop that sits downstairs kind of the central hub for my house and it goes out to the two rokus i have um it could go out to like playstations and stuff even though we don't really use it there and then we also use it on like all of our various ipads because the kids watch like kid movies and stuff off it you know my wife and i watch movies off of it sometimes on our ipad sometimes on the tv it just depends on the day and when we use it but we use plex like literally every single day so that one that gets a huge bench in for just everyday technology yeah i don't use it every day i use it pretty much when we want to sit down and watch a movie or something like that that i have on my computer or streaming something that we have from the other room that just runs better than the native app on the ps3 besides that like i i mean tied into that also the roku like we use a roku a lot just because really? yeah it's it's the main thing that we watch media on on our main tv so yeah we just have i don't even know if it's the latest roku anymore but we had a roku 3 for a really long time and then that moved upstairs when we got a roku 4 and whatever uh, all the rokus are basically the same it doesn't really matter which one you get they all just they all work and we like them a lot well that we had a roku 1 and that's the one i would really suggest people not get because it ended up getting so outdated that they weren't updating apps for it anymore and that's why we moved to the PS3 that the it was fantastic while it worked like we loved this thing but then they ended up basically obsoleting it where Netflix and Hulu weren't working well with it and we ended up just moving to the PS3 so that we didn't have to deal with that kind of just obsolete software anymore yeah and I think usually you can only buy the latest like two Roku's so I think so you can't really buy an outdated one it's just if you hold on to it for years and years eventually yep. it'll get there probably but like and I that's said, what we end up doing we use technology until it dies yeah. we don't upgrade everything as it as the newest shiny comes out so that's unless it's you know i like it for phones and things like that i'm having to train myself that i don't necessarily need the brand new technology that that i can actually be frugal and still do everything i want even if it's not the absolute peak of performance yeah i try to pick my spots to be an early adopter and i try not to do it too often anymore um i have a tendency to want to do it for all gaming devices but yeah I, I hold back anyway like i didn't pick up a vita for a really long time um i didn't pick up the playstation 4 until there was a really good like black friday bundle on it right and like i still don't have an xbox one i don't plan on getting one the mm-hmm. nintendo nx i might end up getting that right away it depends what the launch lineup looks like and yeah what the actual system is since we still don't know what that is but that's the next one that i'm looking at to maybe be an early adopter day one but i i still don't know about that yeah and i don't try to do day one anymore because of i try to watch depending on what the kind of technology it is i want to be an early adopter on things that i know are going to last in the first generation kind of like ps4 or any kind of gaming console that if there's something i'm really 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 looking forward to like the nx then there's a really good chance that i'll I'll buy it if I have the money right then, kind of like you did with the Vive. And then 
if it's something that I know is going to be iterated out over the years, I don't like to buy the first generation of it, like the iPad or the Apple Watch or something like that. I don't generally buy the first generation because it's experimental. It has way lower hardware specs than is going to come in the later generations. And even the second generation of most things like that, most consumer technology is going to be way better than the first just because of the lessons they learned and what people are saying about the first one. So I try to hold out for a second generation on anything that is like a brand new kind of technology, which is I'm looking at the Apple Watch Series 2 because they actually put in the things that I hated about the the Series 1. Yeah, I can see that. I do that sometimes, too. Like I have um, my 3DS is a 3DS XL, which is like the is it the second revision or the third revision of a 3DS? I don't know. I, I don't remember. I think that's the second one because yeah. then they did the new 3DS. They did the 2DS and then the new 3DS. So. Right. So, uh, But I'm really glad I had waited for that because it's it's better than what I could have gotten mm-hmm. by far. Um, what else do you have that you use like every day? You have like some kind of watch, right? Um, well, yeah, I use the MacBook and desktop like you do. Those okay. are pretty much interchangeable for, you know, work and, and things like that. Writing, just all of that. And then I use I have a Pebble. Wait, which wait, wait. Is... I have a question about that. OK, you said they're interchangeable. Are they actually do you actually do work and play and stuff on both of your computers? I don't play on the MacBook as much as I used to because it's six years old as of Halloween this year. Okay. And so it slows down way too much whenever I'm playing any kind of game, basically other than even Hearthstone slows down on it just because of the hardware on it. But in terms of working, yeah, I go back and forth depending on just what kind of day it is. If I'm at home, I tend to be on my desktop with more screen real estate and two monitors and then... And I will just if I'm out and about, I tend to do things on the uh, 13 inch MacBook. So it's interesting. It's back and forth for me because I keep everything synced that I'm really, really, really hardcore about backups and syncing that that's why I'm so frustrated with Google Drive right now is that I got used to Dropbox and Dropbox kept everything perfect all the time, no matter what. But when I needed more storage, it was literally five times as expensive to uh, to use than Google Drive was. So the native apps for Google Drive keep messing up for me that it's not syncing between the cloud it's not between the cloud between my desktop and between my macbook there's always some kind of discrepancy even though it says the sync is complete so i'm getting a little frustrated at that but it's very hard for me to justify the ten dollars a month versus the two dollars a month so i'm dealing with it and just using the web-based one for the most part but yeah i keep everything synced but for writing and for work and for you know web development Development and design and things like that that I'm working on. For the most part, it's interchangeable. It, the only thing that I have on my desktop that I don't have on my MacBook actually is Photoshop. See, and that's weird for me because I I keep my computers separate because I keep my mental space totally separate. Okay. When I'm sitting here in front of my Mac, I'm doing something productive. Like I'm recording a podcast, I'm editing a podcast. Most of the time, I'm doing work for clients, you know, something with digital marketing or web development or like one of the other things I do, video editing, any of that kind of stuff. Like when I'm here in this chair on this computer, I am in work mode or at least productivity mode, even if it's not work that's paying, right? Once I step away from here, I break out of that. So if I was doing work on both computers, I think I would have trouble separating my mental headspace. 
and I would feel like sometimes I should be doing work when I am playing, and I hate that feeling. And that's kind of where I am, and I'm working on separating that, because by the end of the month, they're talking about releasing... This is October 2016, if you're listening to this in the future, and they're talking about releasing this year's MacBook either at the end of this month or at the beginning of November, and I'm holding out to buy one of those because mine is slowing down so badly. And, you know, you and I have had talks about this where it will take me half an hour to boot the thing up before we podcast some nights and when because of that i'm going to i'm starting to move that kind of compartmentalization like you're doing because i'm i have sometimes a game up on one monitor i'm working on the other thinking that i can go back and forth and so i'm trying to return to that single tasking of doing you know my work in one place my gaming in another or my hobbies on my desktop as opposed to my as opposed to my Mac being for work. And I've even taken it so far as to whenever I have something that I need to get done where this is the project or this is the thing that I've set out for myself to complete today, I go to the library to get done. I take my laptop, I put it in my backpack, and I just hightail it and pick a corner in the library and get things done that I need to get done that day. Where I get distracted way more often when I'm sitting at my desktop because it does have way more frivolous and fun things for me to do that I waste a lot more time because of it. Yeah, I'll just tell you from my own experience, it's much, much better for my mental health when I can separate it. And once I dedicated one computer to work and one computer to hobbies and play and home stuff, um, I I felt so much better just about like both, both things, right? I felt better when I was doing work and I felt better when I was done with work and just at home, I'm playing games on my computer now, you know? How do you balance that with your phone? Because I ran into this, the last few days for me have been working on social media calendars and getting things scheduled out for just being able to stay every particular network to stay somewhat active and scheduled out to at least be sharing things that people will think is cool that I think is cool that I don't want to bombard them with all at once. And I've had an issue as of yesterday where I couldn't get my mind out of that to be able to relax, even if it's, you know, for geek fitness, for geek to geek here, for uh, for a book festival that I'm working with. Uh, and I, I'm having a hard time keeping that part separated because I'm doing it on my phone, even when I'm, you know, about to pass out on the couch like I did yesterday afternoon, that I'm still thinking about all of the things that I'm doing that aren't necessarily personal projects, you know, and the working on something time on your phone if you're using it for both, because that's actually an issue that I'm having. I just don't do work on my phone. Um, I how, how do I say it? I will organize tasks on my phone, but I will not actually do work on my phone. Mm. Like um, the only thing I'll actually do that's work work on my phone is if I am out of my house and I get an email from a client, I will respond on my phone. Okay. That makes sense. Besides that, the only thing I'll do is I'll like, if I get an email and and it's from a client and it's something for work, I will go, okay, I got to respond to this and I'll go up to my work computer and do that. Okay. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. Or if it's something like a a task or a thought or like, you know, your mind is going on something, that's when I open up Wonderlist and I just jot things down in there because I know it'll sync up to my computer next time I actually sit down to do work. But I won't actually sit on my phone doing work. I just use my phone to kind of like feel things as they're coming in or like jot down my thoughts as I have them. Right. Okay. So outside of phones and computers... 
you also we almost talked about it and then we got distracted but you have almost um, you have some kind of watch right that you use okay i have i have two that i end up using right now and i have a pebble which is a smartwatch that was kickstarted um it was i think maybe the first smartwatch and i did get a first generation pebble because it was cheaper when i bought it right before they came out with the second generation of it and it did exactly what i needed it to do there was nothing extra that the new generation was going to do than the old one did and i had a discount uh, discount code for it and i pretty much used it like a gps watch for years i didn't like the notifications on my wrist i don't like being that connected where i get every tweet on my wrist every instagram notification every facebook everything on there i hated it so i turned that part off and basically used it as a watch and as a gps watch that synced to bluetooth to my phone where i could connect it to runkeeper and then for christmas this year i actually got my first real gps watch for running and i use it whenever i'm out running and using it more and more now because you know i'm not injured and able to get out there again so i'm learning to use a real gps watch now which is a completely different monster than the smart watch actually being able to track my heart rate and things like that using it so it's it's interesting to use both of these and it's interesting to have a gps watch that i don't feel necessarily comfortable with just using as a watch wearing out because of the way it looks I, I feel like that fitness guy who's trying too hard if I wear it as an actual watch during the day. I can see that. But do you like do you like it? You use it regularly, it sounds like. For running, I love it. I hate running without my watch now. I am a numbers guy. I am a data tracker. I'm an analytics guy. You I cannot I know I've asked you about your personal blog the other day and you're like, I don't I don't know about that. I'll have to go look. Where I keep track of everything all the time, like numbers, 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 gimme, 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 gimme. Which is weird because, you know, I'm an English teacher. <laughs> and uh I love it. And So having a watch on my arm when I'm running and exercising, tracking pretty much everything from heart rate to calories burned to, you know, my splits, I love it so much that it's hard for me to run without it. Though sometimes I force myself to just to be able to have a relaxing run as opposed to pushing myself. Yeah, and see... Like the reason that I might get one for running, and I've thought about it before, I, I like the idea of a heart rate tracker. That's I yeah. feel like everything else I get from just having my phone running in my pocket with RunKeeper when I run. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's exactly the same. I just want to know as I'm running, which is what it does for me, so I can look down and see how fast I'm going and if I've slowed down or anything like that. And with heart rate, I can tell when I start with, I feel like I'm pushing too hard. I can look at my heart rate and know, yeah, this is actually unhealthy that your heart rate's getting too high so you need to pull it back a little bit and uh, just knowing oh I'm you know I'm not pushing myself that's why this is easy that I can step it up a little bit and actually get training out of it as opposed to just having a nice run depending on what I'm going with that's cool I could see myself doing that eventually getting like some kind of smartwatch that's just dedicated for exercise but like I don't think I would ever actually want like an Apple watch I just I don't see myself using it when I I love my phone and my phone can do all of that and it's always yeah. in my pocket so it's like whatever um, it depends on when you want to look at it honestly I did for a long time just by running and having RunKeeper in my pocket like that was the only thing I used and it was great it worked perfectly I had auto notifications that told me you have run 
0.5 miles. You have run 1.0 miles. And it was great. And then I wanted more than that. And having audio notifications was more obnoxious than just being able to look at my wrist. Cool. So, yeah, it sounds like you're like just one or two steps beyond me because that's exactly what I do. I have the audio notifications on. And, you know, when I take a break to walk in the middle of a run, um, I get out yeah. my phone and I kind of take a look to see how the run's been going so far. But besides exactly that, same like, that I did. Yep. Yeah, I don't feel like I need more information than that necessarily. Besides that, do you have anything else that you use like a lot day to day all the time? I used to use a jawbone that I used to use an activity tracker, which is like a Fitbit. And pretty much like every bit of research says, I stopped using it at about a year. That it was really motivating for about a year. It kept me going out, making sure, you know, I'm the numbers guy. So I hit my goal every day. And I felt just this sense of competition with my friends that I wanted to be the guy to be able to get out and do it. And then I stopped. Like it broke. I had to get a different one. Pebble replaced it because, or uh, Jawbone replaced it because it was under warranty everything was great and i just kind of stopped after that that i didn't miss it i didn't really want to go out and i think that's a bad thing that numbers motivation i never got back and i've gained weight since i stopped doing it that i could never get that motivation back and i'm trying to figure out how to get myself to care about that again and i don't know how because it was super fun while i was doing it i fell away and i just can't make myself care now yeah and i mean like it, we're getting kind of more into like fitness here than technology but i also I've found that I go through cycles of tracking things very closely and then barely yeah. tracking them at all while still gathering Same. the data. So like I always have RunKeeper on, but sometimes like I really take a look at it after a run and I do that consistently for a month or two and I'm like, oh, I'm improving mm -hmm. or I'm not or, you know, where am I struggling? And then other times I'll go a couple months where I'm still using RunKeeper, like I'm grabbing the data, but when I get home, yeah. I just hit finish run and I don't even look at it because I don't care. Yeah. You know, that's and, the way I'm looking at charts and things like yeah. that. Like I want the act. I want access to it for when I want to look at it, but I don't necessarily look at it all the time. I think the technology being there is more important to me necessarily than having like using it. I just want to have it there for when I want it. As far as day to day stuff, the other one that we use a lot is the Amazon Echo, which is the Alexa. Yeah. And I'm not going to actually say that name again, because if any of you are listening to this out loud on a speaker, I probably just <laughs> triggered it for you. But um, if any of you have like a, a smart device from Amazon in your house, which will stay unnamed again, um, I love it. Like we use it every day. The main use we get out of it is a shopping list because you can just oh, okay. tell her to add things to your shopping list and then it stays sunk up in the app. So my wife and I always have okay. the same list that's synced between all devices and we can just add things from the kitchen by talking to it. You know, OK, so there's a there's an app that goes with this that that there's an Echo app, basically, that you can both use and sync up to the same account. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that. See, I thought it was I did. I just thought it was self-contained. I didn't realize that it synced up to other like devices and software like that. No, that's, it, it that's has cool. a ton of capabilities and we don't use all of them. We don't even use most of them because like if you want, you go into the app and you can set up things like you can allow yourself to like buy things by talking to it or like reorder yeah. some things. If you're always ordering the same stuff from Amazon, um, you can set up. There are certain like 
um, pizza chains that it has set up yeah. so that you can set up a, you know, here's my standard order from, I think Domino's is one of them. Um, yeah. And you can set that up in the app and then you can just tell her to order you a pizza and it'll just do it and it'll use like okay. Amazon payment and it'll show up at your That's door. Cool. Things like that, you know, you can um, track your packages with it, which we do sometimes, but really yeah. the, the things we do the most with it are the shopping list, which is amazing. We used to use another app that kind of syncs up, but then it takes, it, it's just an extra step to take out your phone and manually add it and then yeah. make sure that it's like pull down the data from the server. Whereas when we're doing it through the Amazon stuff, it just, it, it's always sunk up. Like we've never had an issue since we've switched over to it. Um, yeah, that but makes you, sense. You can do things like track your calendar through it. You can like ask when okay. your next appointment is or what your day looks like. You can ask about the weather. You can ask for like news highlights. I think you can, um, I know you can ask for podcasts too. Okay. Like you yeah. can just ask it to play Geek to Geek podcast and it probably will. The other thing that I use it for a lot is audiobooks because because it's Amazon and it's audible. Oh. It syncs up with WhisperSync. So if I'm listening to a book on audible or if i'm reading it on kindle and i have it on audible right. you can just tell it to pull up the book and play it and it'll play it from where you left off and it syncs up with yep. all your devices things like that too and then that's really cool yeah it ties into amazon music so my wife and my kids use that a lot when they want to listen to music yep. downstairs i don't do that a whole lot that makes sense though we end up using spotify on the ps3 if we do anything like that so so it seems like like the echo would be able to pretty much replace the way that a lot of the media the way that we consume media the echo might be able to change that a little bit yeah i i just it's become this tool that we use every day and the part of it that we use yeah. every day is that shopping list like there's not a day that goes by that we don't run out of something in the house and need to add it to the shopping list mm. because there are four especially of us with, and we're always eating food like you yeah, know especially with the kids that you've got and i know that you and i have talked about you know just needing some kind of easy meal after a day where you can just be like hey i need a pizza and then you have a pizza at your door in 20 minutes yeah i mean that part is that's kind of cool but we don't actually use that part but it's huh. like every week if you have one they send you an email and it's like here are all of the new like apps that you can install on yours uh, okay. or integrations that it has and all the new things it can do so like every week it gets smarter it can do more things and it, it just depends on like what you end up using it for but yeah i i love it just for the shopping list now one of my things is that i end up using and i'll talk about this in just a, a minute when we get to a different bullet point but i end up using the and i'm gonna have to mute my phone from this i use hey siri a lot and so i use it to message i use it to set reminders i use it to update my calendar that it has helped me a great deal kind of like you're you've talked about with the echo same for you. Can you set reminders? And I know you've said that you can look at your calendars through it, but does it sync to like Google Calendar when you do that? Or do you have to use a specific calendar? Because that's kind of a deal breaker for me if it doesn't. No, it has integrations to a bunch of different calendars. I haven't okay. set it up just because like ours is kind of a family device, you know? Yeah. So... I feel like it would be more annoying than anything if we hooked up my calendar or my wife's calendar to it. Um, yeah. But you can, right? If there's obviously like one family member that's primarily using that device, you could just set up their calendar. And I think it has okay. like Google Calendar integration and maybe iCal and other stuff too. It has a bunch of them. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just really curious about that. Yeah, you can you can set timers and reminders and alarms and all that kind of stuff that you would do with your phone too. Um, if you're yeah. just, you know, downstairs in 
your kitchen or your living room, wherever you end up putting it. So we use that kind of thing too. You know, if the kids, if we tell them they have five more minutes to do something, we just set a, a timer on it. Things like that. Will that sync to your phone? Because that's how I use reminders a lot or for things like when I'm out where I'm like, set a reminder to go by the grocery store and get coffee today at 2.30. And then I get an email or I get a reminder about that when I've already forgotten about it. See, that I don't know. I want to say that if you are adding things to your calendar from it, probably. Yeah. But I, like I said, I haven't hooked up that part of it, so I'm not sure. You'd have to oh, do a little research. But yeah, I, it just that device deserves a little bit of attention because we use it every single day in my house the other thing i want to mention yeah oh sorry what were you saying oh no i just said that was really cool that it sounds way better than i than i actually thought it was yeah and then the other thing i wanted to mention is that i actually don't use my ipad a lot and i i have a few different ipads because i use them for cross device testing for web development right um so i use them for work but i don't actually use them at home very often the only time i would is if like my kids are on the tv downstairs and i really want to watch a show or a movie right Mm. then and i don't want to wait for them to like go to bed for the night i might get out my ipad otherwise sometimes if a game comes out or um i'm playing a game that has cross save between iphone and ipad i usually prefer to play on the iphone but if i know i'm gonna sit down and dedicate a couple hours to like like when i was doing the final fantasy 5 playthrough for the four job fiesta um when I would sit down and I know I'm going to just like grind for a few hours because I need to, I would sync it over to my iPad and then I would play on my iPad while listening to something else yeah. on my phone, things like that. And I I use the iPad very little nowadays. Like I thought I would use it a lot more. I used to use it for comic reading a bunch, but I've stopped. I used it as an ebook reader until I got the, the Kindle and I, I just realized that it's just way better for me to use a normal you know dedicated kindle than it was for the ipad but what i end up wanting is an ipad mini that i could really see myself these days using an ipad mini to manage social media that as many networks like i mentioned before trying to set that kind of thing up being able to sit on the couch with a slightly larger screen and be able to plan things out and do a lot of administrative stuff I could totally see an iPad mini being what I need, like what would help me with my workflow a little bit, that the larger iPad is just too big for me, that it's uncomfortable and unwieldy since I don't watch things on it. I would like to have one that's the size of a small notebook and just get the things done that I need to get done. Yeah, I know a lot of people who have talked about like use cases like that. And what they ended up doing instead is to just get whatever the current model of iPhone is, but get the plus model instead. That's what I'm thinking about. It's almost the same size screen because you're getting to the point where it's like the iPad mini and the iPhone, whatever current model, the plus version are very close. So why not just have all the functionality of the phone? The main reason for me is running. And I don't I had a Galaxy Note the first generation and it was too big and unwieldy to keep in my pocket while running. I hated it. And that's the main reason that I don't have a plus right now. I just have the regular and I want a plus for whenever I upgrade. And that's when I will probably get an Apple Watch because it's dedicated and standalone now. I can put music on it and I can use Bluetooth headphones and uh, keep GPS on it now that it has gps on it and basically be able to have a have the tablet the phablet uh left in my car at home and not worry about it like banging into my leg and bruising me yeah yeah i can see that so 
those are kind of like our day-to-day devices, but we want to talk yeah. a little bit about just using technology and how we use it and stuff too. So the first thing we had on here was like, how do you, or when do you disconnect or like disengage from technology? And we kind of already tangented onto this a little bit. We, we might right. have covered a bunch of this, but I know this was something that you wanted to hit. Yeah, because this is super important to me that that a lot of you know that I've dealt with a really, really bad year of anxiety. And a lot of that has come from just an overt amount of stress that it is just a a you it is a constant in my life. And I've realized that a lot of that comes from being connected all the time that I will get a notification and I have that feeling, that immediate urge to grab my phone, check and see what it is, even if it is just a a new like on Instagram or someone liked my status on Facebook or whatever it is that is incredibly menial and not urgent that I have to know about it right then. So I've had to learn and train myself and I'm still working on it today to make sure that there is a sizable portion of my day where I don't have any technology that that includes my work computer that includes gaming that includes television and pretty much everything else that i am completely technology free which is one of the reasons i use notebooks by the way that i keep it where i can still write things down and work and you you know be creative and then go back and do it but Every day I disconnect from technology and make a purposeful disconnect and I'm happier because of it. Like it's allowed me to relax and honestly be less spastic and and just a little bit more. uh, I don't even know what the word would be other than less spastic. It just makes me more grounded and easy to be around because I'm present all the time whenever I'm learning how to be present without, you know, being distracted Um, for me. I every night before we go to bed, Jennifer and I disconnect from our phones. We turn off the TV and we spend time together that it is quality time, not where we are doing something else and being around each other, which is, you know, we actively watch TV where we're discussing it and and things like that. But this is us focusing on the other with absolutely no distractions where where there's nothing going. There may not even there's not music going on that we're just lying there talking to each other. And it has helped so much. Sometimes we'll do yoga together, just just that kind of thing where we are spending quality time without our phones. And it's helped us sleep. It's helped our relationship. It is just great. At some point during the day, I will meditate where I turn my phone off, I put it in the other room, and I just sit and I get a few minutes of meditation. If I don't meditate, I will relax. I'll go sit outside for a few minutes and just look up at the trees and breathe and take in the sunlight. Uh, Think about my life. Think about what's going on. Think about my job. Think about the project I'm working on. Think about, you know, whatever it is. And I'll do that. At night, I do use an app, the 10% Happier app, to do guided meditations. So I still use technology for that, but I turn the light off. I have headphones in, and I, that is what I'm doing for that time. I don't touch it. I don't have notifications on. I do not disturb on. It's great. We have a no tech at the table rule where if we're out to dinner, if we are at home at dinner, it doesn't matter. We do not have our phone. 
that we don't pull it out, even if we're having that typical, no cliched argument that every couple has. It's like, oh, I'm right and you're wrong, where you want to pull it out and see which one of us is right and look it up and Google it. We don't do that. That we have a strict no technology rule at the table and it wasn't something that we just set up it was something that we want to be together that for us food and meal time is very important and it is something that we care about and we want to enjoy our food as opposed to just shoveling sustenance in our mouth and and just living and just surviving from it that we enjoy food like it is a big thing for us so we spend time with each other and enjoy the uh the meals that that we've prepared prepared and i'd mentioned earlier that we use hey i use hey siri a bunch now i set it up recently and this is really helpful for me not to grab my phone and get distracted <laughs> that ironically using technology has kept me from using technology that just being able to say hey siri remind me at two o'clock to do this and she just turned on as I said this um, that it gets me the chance to not pick up my phone it gets me the chance to not be on Twitter to see what else is going on I can yell it from the other side of the room kind of like you do with the Echo and then just continue whatever it is I'm doing without being able to see oh they're talking about running shoes on Twitter and I spend the next two hours you know gushing over that kind of like I did this morning so (laughs) that's uh that's what I do to disconnect, and it has honestly made me a happier person because of how addicted I get to it. Like, I have a very addictive technology, or I have a very addictive personality, and technology makes that worse. That games where I can go, oh, just one more match is are very hard for me to disconnect from, so I have to make a concerted effort to completely stop that it is, this is my time without it. I'm leaving my phone at home tonight when we're going out shopping. That it's very hard to do, but it makes me notice the people around me, the person I'm with, you know, the store that I'm in at that point to look at things as opposed to when I'm bored. I, I'm learning to deal with boredom, which makes me a less impulsive, less spastic person. And it's very hard for me to be uncomfortable and not having my phone forces me to get used to being uncomfortable if that makes any kind of sense and i really i really think that this is good for me so if you guys out there have that kind of problem then just you know it works it works for me it may not work for you so i mean that's that's me that i disconnect on purpose because i've had so many bad experiences of overuse yeah, this is a place where our personalities are very different. <laughs> I'm, and <laughs> I can also tell that you don't have kids because you're talking about all these times where you put your technology away and then you can have quiet and undisturbed time. And I'm just like, yes, that doesn't even that doesn't exist for me. It doesn't matter. No, not at all. If I put my tech away, like there's no way to get quiet, undisturbed time. It just doesn't yeah, exist as a parent. It, as far as disconnecting from technology, I don't really. I just go into different modes of use and different headspaces. Like when I'm at this, like I talked about this already. Like this computer for work that computers for play um Mm. that kind of thinking applies across all my technology right if i'm on my playstation 4 like i'm not paying attention to other things like i'm 
playing a game. Like, I'm yeah. not going to get distracted by other stuff. You know, other things, like, I don't have trouble putting my phone down. Like, if my wife and I start talking, like, you know, if I had mm. a headphone in and I'm doing stuff in the living room and she's doing other stuff and then we start talking about something, like, I'll pause what I'm doing. I'll take the headphone out. I put the phone down. I don't even look at it. Like, right. I don't I don't have trouble switching modes or feeling like I have to check my phone. The other thing is that I don't have a whole lot of, like, notifications to my phone because that would get annoying quick. And I'm wondering now how many different push notifications you actually get on your phone. For the longest time, I only had text messages, and that was great. Um, I really, really hesitated to push emails to my phone, but I kind of had to when I went freelance. And the second that I go back to a full-time job, that is going away. I do not want emails pushed to my phone if I don't have to, and I kind of have to right now. I started doing that same thing, like whenever I started having so much issue with with stress and anxiety last year, I stopped getting work emails. I filtered my work emails to stop pushing to my phone, and it is absolutely wonderful to be able to say, okay, these are my work hours. I'm not working anymore, but freelancing, you can't do that. So, But you're absolutely right. that That is very helpful. Yeah, the other thing is like I just I my phone doesn't make a whole lot of noise or like buzz all that often because most of the notifications that I have set up like the email or like Twitter, those are two of the only like non-critical ones I have set up. Actually, email is yeah. kind of critical with my job right now. Those don't make noises. Those don't make my phone buzz like I I would get so annoyed and so distracted by that. The only thing yeah. that will make my phone do that is a text message or a call and I have no problem ignoring text messages for a while if I'm doing other stuff or um, phone calls, just rejecting a phone call. Like if I'm out for a run or if I'm sitting there talking to my wife and I get a text or a call, like I don't have trouble just ignoring it until I'm done, Yep. you know? Um, But again, this might just be a personality difference thing. So the other thing is like if I ever really want to get away from all of that, which like I said, I don't have that many notifications that pop up, so it doesn't generally distract me or bug me, but... I'll just flip my phone into do not disturb mode so those don't yeah. pop up anymore. Um, if I if I need to get one step beyond that, then I'll go grab my Kindle and I'll actually like read. But it's still on yeah. technology. I'm not disconnected. It's just a different piece of technology, you know. And even on my Kindle, I keep the Wi-Fi off where it is basically just a book until I update another book. And I don't use any of the any of the social features or or store or anything it is just a kindle is just a book for me yeah me too but most of the time i just read on my kindle app on my phone like i do 95 percent right. of my reading on my phone on the kindle app so notifications can come in and stuff and i'll just ignore them if i'm in the middle of a book no big deal you're a better person than i am because i can't i have to put it in do not disturb so i don't see the notifications that's one reason i can't play games is because i keep seeing notifications and getting distracted that, that I realized that was one reason I can't do mobile gaming, too. You might want to try going into your phone and turning off all of your push notifications except for your texts. Oh, I should. You I should. know I absolutely should. I did it on Twitter for likes and retweets and followers, and it did help a lot. The only things I get now are mentions, and it does help doing that a lot. Yeah, something to think about. But again, it's a personality thing. Yep. Um, besides that... I want to just ask, and this doesn't have to be a long question, but um, is there any tech that you bought that you thought you would use a lot, but you didn't? So for me, I I just I want to say I'm glad I haven't bought the Apple Watch because I feel like that might be a thing that was really cool for a week for me. And then I just wouldn't use anymore. Um, 
I almost bought one right when they came out just for the hype, but I held off that early adopter itch, uh-huh. and I'm really glad I did. But in terms of things I actually bought that I thought I would use a lot, but I didn't end up doing that, the Vive, and right. I still love it. I still use it. I still really, really like it, and I think it's a revolutionary piece of technology, but it doesn't really work that well with my current like setup in my house because I don't... Yeah. If I had a dedicated gaming room it would be different because I would leave it set up. I would leave the headset plugged in. I would leave all of the, like the light stands and the, the light station lighthouse bases set up so yeah. that you could just put it on and fire up a game. But I don't have that space. I don't have an extra room. And so when I want to do it, I have to like rearrange my living room a little bit and then I have to set these up and then I have to plug the headset in. I'm good at it. Like right now I've done it enough times that it only takes me about five minutes, but it's the difference between having uh, so here's the example, right? If you had your PlayStation 4, or you have a PS3, but same idea. Yeah. If you have your console underneath your TV and it's plugged in, right? You grab a controller, mm-hmm. you hit the button on it, and you're basically started. Yep. You're good to go. Now, imagine if instead of doing that, you had your console in a box right next to your <laughs> TV, even though all the cables are ready to go. And even though your controller is yeah. there ready to go. The only extra step you would have to do is take it out and plug in a bunch of stuff, right? How much less likely are you to use it? Oh, I'd probably never use it. That's I've... that's the situation that I find myself in with the Vive. Like, I yeah. have to make a dedicated time where, yes, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it for a bunch of hours to make it worth it, even though it only takes me five minutes to set up, just because I don't have that extra room in my house. Like, I'll... I feel like if you literally have an extra room in your house or a dedicated gaming room already that you can just rearrange and leave set up, Right. You would use it a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I just, I can't. And I I wish I could, but it's just not going to work out right now. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, that there's, there's just too much. It's too big for a lot of stuff. I think that, I think using the, the Vive would be fantastic if you could, can you mount the lighthouses, the, the light posts? Can you like hang them on the walls in the corner of the room or anything? You can, and I could do that for one of them if I wanted to drill it into my wall, which I don't. Um, right. But the other one, just the way that my house is configured, the place the other one has to be, I would still have to set that one up anyway, so it doesn't really oh, matter. Yeah. Yeah, if you couldn't do both of them, there's no point in doing one of them. Yeah, exactly. But do you have anything that you thought you would use a bunch and then you just didn't? Honestly, the pebble... Whenever I realized how much I hated the push notifications on my wrist, it became just a GPS watch. That it was a a budget GPS watch for me that I barely wore, uh, except for running, which is fine. I mean that that was what you know what I needed it for, but I just didn't get the use out of it for what it was made for. And then honestly, if you guys remember and you remember when I bought the 3DS and was so excited about it, I sold it within a week because I just didn't need it that my wife has a 2ds for pretty much everything that i wanted to play i didn't like really any of the exclusive 3ds games and i just got rid of it and got the uh, vita it was which is way more suited to what i want to play the uh the 3ds is a fantastic system but just didn't use it it just didn't click with me the new 3DS, rather. No, that's exactly what I wanted to know. Just what did you think would click and, and didn't quite do it? Um, and then the other question I had for you 
Is there any right. technology that you're particularly excited for? I really want to know what they're doing with the iPhone 10. Well, I say the iPhone 10 because I'm assuming that's what they're going to call it because it's the 10 year anniversary of the iPhone next year. And they're supposed to make it a really, really huge upgrade compared to what the 7 has been. And I'm really excited to see what they do. If they make the screen bezel, you know, much smaller or non-existent, there's supposed to be a no physical home button next time, which I really, 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 really liked about my Nexus and original Galaxy Note. That's Say what? That's already there on the latest one. Oh, is it? Do they not have a physical home button on this one? No. Oh, that's really cool. Like, it's fantastic. Like, I love, I hate having a button that can break. And so that's a huge selling point for me. I didn't know that that was actually in the new one. That's really cool. Uh, It's like the only thing about the 7 that I would care about. Um, And then I'm looking forward to the MacBook at the end of this month that they're supposed to have the context, uh, the context bar instead of function keys on this one that's supposed to change based on the program that you're using so i'm really excited to see how developers will use something like that because it could be interesting i could really see how twitter and different you know notifications could come through and not use the screen real estate on there and actually use it as a you know kind of like the second screen on the ds or the uh the gamepad on on the Wii U where if developers can do something cool with it I'm excited about that if not then it's just going to be a faster computer that I get and I'm not going to ever touch that thing but other than to adjust the volume and screen brightness so we'll see it's an it's a neat idea we'll see if they do anything with it and then you know the NX Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe it'll be really, really poopy. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm hesitant about it. I'm tentatively excited about it. Hopeful, I guess. But I'm excited to see what they do with it. No, for me, the the NX is probably the first one that like the most immediate in the future one that I'm excited for. Yeah. Just because I always end up buying Nintendo systems, whether I get them as an right. early adopter or a couple years down the line, like I've owned every Nintendo system. So it's basically a foregone conclusion that I will pick one up at some point. So I'm excited for it. Right. I just I want to know what it is at this point. Um, slightly farther future beyond that. I'm super excited for self-driving cars because they're not that far away. There are still hurdles to overcome, but they're not that far away. Um, And then beyond that, things that I like geek out about on my own time is like colonizing the moon or Mars, like human colonization on other planets and getting us just off of the earth. So we're not all on one planet. Um, And then even further future than that, I, I really... I'm interested to see by the end of my lifetime what kind of medical advancements there have been if we ever get yeah. to like Star Trek level of medical advancements where, you know, you just have like a hypo spray that like does everything and just cures people like, you know, nanotechnology, things like that. Who knows where it could end up, even though we're not there yet. But those kind of things, those like futurology things, I yeah. geek out about those, even though a lot of it is just uh, you know, who knows if it'll show up or in what form or how it'll end up being. But I like looking into that type of thing. And 
thinking about that, I really like the idea of augmented reality, that I was so excited for Google Glass, that I was so excited because this is something I've wanted for years, is the idea of a lens that lets you interact contextually with the world, that you, you know, just have that overlay, that kind of HUD, that you look at something, you look up, you see, you know, what temperature it is. You, uh, and yes, obviously, I know you look up, see what the weather is like. Yes, it's sunny because there's the sun. But, you know, you just have the context of that. You have you look at somebody and honestly, facial recognition lets you know their name. And a lot of people think that this is really creepy. And I think it's fantastic because of the things that it could do in terms of safety, in terms of just being able to interact with your environment that I am huge into knowledge. Like, I just want to know everything. Like, I'm really curious. I am. I just want to know everything. I look at a tree and I know what kind of tree it is. Just small things like that. I really look forward to this kind of augmented reality just to be able to get context about everything. And it could be overload. And But with the way Google Glass failed, I really like the idea of, I know how far out this is going to be, but... I really want having this kind of not not necessarily I don't want to have to pull out my phone when I want to do something. I want to be able to just turn it off whenever I need to that kind of thing where I, I want it to be integrated into my life. That way, where like augmented reality could super be super helpful for that without just having to have it on your wrist or on your phone, just having it there would make it much easier to deal with, I think, kind of like. I just want everything all at once, kind of like the uh, Echo is for you. It's just like, yeah, you do this, it's it's done. Kind of like I use Siri for, to be able to just get things done and, and just move on. That's what I want augmented reality for. It would be interesting to watch like the HoloLens and stuff and what they yeah. do over time, what those end up, whatever like the end commercial product ends up being for that will be fascinating. I'm not as really excited will. about it as you are, but I, I am interested in it and I want to see what they do with it. Yeah, um, it could be really awesome. Yeah. Oh, we're already over an hour. Um, so <laughs> we should probably move yeah. on. Um, our geeky offer of the week is still Gamefly. If you want to get games sent to you and you send them back and it's a rental service, it's really cool. You can get a free month trial if you do gameflyoffer.com slash geek to help support the podcast. And also you get a free month, which is sweet. Um, Weekly Geekery. If you don't know, Weekly Geekery is where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. Um, and before I do that, I wanted to say we're going to do some kind of question and answer show, ask me anything style sometime in November, probably around Thanksgiving, around the holiday. So we can record it early right. and then release it and not worry about the podcast that week. So if you want to start sending us your questions, go ahead. You can send them to the email. You can send them to our Twitter, which is at geek to geekcast um, The subreddit will make a thread on there and we'll keep it up to date. So we'll basically just pull all of your questions and just answer a bunch of them. And that'll be a whole podcast episode. So if you have anything you want to ask us that we haven't covered or is off topic or whatever, or about behind the scenes of the podcast, you can start sending those questions our way. Okay. What do you have for weekly gay career? Uh, this week I've really been playing with Buffer. I don't know if you guys, I've been huge into social media this week, setting things up, planning things out, calendaring things that I really, really have been interested in this. So Buffer has been on my mind. I subscribed to the awesome plan for uh, just upgrading to get the amount of, of social networks that I use invested in it. And it's a, it's a scheduling system for social media and a sharing system. But the reason I like it so much is because it's not manual. You basically just hit a button 
button, add it to a queue, and it will work through on various social media platforms on a schedule that you have preset. So if I have 15 articles I want to share with you guys, I can just add it to my buffer queue, and then over the course of a week, it will spread those out and send them out to you, as opposed to me just throwing everything out on Twitter or Facebook and them getting lost in the noise. So I'm really, really geeking out about this right now and trying to figure out what the best way is to share everything that I love with you guys and stuff that I think is really cool with y'all. So Buffer's really neat that if y'all have never tried it, I use it in conjunction with uh, TweetDeck and they're pretty much the way that I interact with people online these days that I really like it. So I think think y'all should give it a shot. And it's free. I mean, you can use it however you need to, but uh, so you can give it a shot. But the when I paid for it, I got more options in terms of scheduling was the main reason I did it. But yeah, Buffer's really cool. Cool. Um, for me, I did more Gamefly. I got Rise of the Tomb Raider this week, and that was okay. the one that I probably spent the most time on. There were a couple other RPGs I got that just I, I didn't get hooked, so I sent them back right away. But Rise of the Tomb Raider, it was a really, really cool like action-adventure game for the first two or three hours, and then yeah. you get into like the main meat of the game, and they take the survival, like crafting, gathering mechanics from the first game, nah. and they put them back into it, and that is where mm. I started to lose steam on it. Um, yeah. It changed the way I played from just enjoying the experience and like exploring and just trying to like push forward and like accomplish goals now instead i have to stop every couple seconds and like turn on the survivor vision like look around see if anything in the environment is highlighted that i need to go pick up or break or whatever and like gather enough things so that you can craft the upgrades to your weapons and every time you gather things you get experience so it's like you don't want your character to be underpowered so i felt like i had to check every nook and cranny and corner and that totally just ruined the game for me. Like, yeah, it would. I hate that kind of mechanic in a game too. So that just yeah. it, making them tedious is not fun. I don't understand why this is a theme and a, a a way of development these days. So it was like there's this really good game underneath that, and if you don't mind gathering, crafting, survival mechanics on top of it, check out Rise of the Tomb Raider because it's it's good. There's like a good game under there. Even after I hit that point, I pushed ahead another like two or three hours. So. I played about five hours total, and then I just couldn't deal with it anymore. I wasn't having fun because I had to look in every corner for everything. And I know you technically don't have to, but it's like that's just the way that I felt like the game was making me play, and I I didn't like it anymore, so I sent that one back. Um, Besides that, Overwatch has a PvE Halloween thing going on right now. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really fun. It's super fun. I wish that they had a PvE mode all the time. If you guys don't know, PvE is player versus environment as opposed to player versus player, PvP. Um, So Overwatch has always been a competitive shooter, players versus players. But I love this. I love any game that gives you a co-op mode where you're only working together and you're not competing. So you're just trying to defeat waves of enemies and then elite enemies show up and you're trying to defend a door. And it's all themed for Halloween. But it's like, I wish they took this mode and made it permanent and just put it in the game because I would play Overwatch so much more than I do right now if I could play this with other people. It's really, really cool. The only thing that I don't like about it is the fact that they limited your character choices, that it would be fun just to be able to pick whatever you want and figure out new ways to beat it as opposed to the way that they designed the encounter for that I wish that there were different heroes that you could pick. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a brawl, so it's only there for a week or two, so they limit heroes in brawls a lot of the time. I would assume if they took this and they modified it to be 
like an open game mode like all the time um you would have the normal hero selection right that would be sweet besides that i've gone the whole year reading books and not having a book that was like really good and well, as we were starting to pull together our end of the year list for our end of the year podcasts about like our favorite things from the year, I was realizing that even though I read a lot and I read a lot of books that were okay to mediocre to some of them that I just didn't finish because they were bad, I didn't have anything that really stood out from the year, which is sad for me. And then last week I read a book called Ink and Bone, and that is a fantastic book. I loved it. Did I tell you about it at all? No, I haven't ever even heard of it. So it's by Rachel Kane, who I've liked some of her work before. She has a series called Weather Warden that I really like. And then she had a vampire series that I never could get into right around the time, like, you know, Twilight and all of the that kind of vampire stuff was big. So I, I didn't get into that one. But this is her newest series. And it's set in a world where the Library of Alexandria didn't get burned. And instead, oh, kept gaining power over the years. And that sounds awesome. It basically became the center of all knowledge on the like in the entire planet. And its power spread to the point where it kind of dominates everything. Like it's the central authority for the world because they control all knowledge in the world. And they've suppressed the technology of the printing press while letting other technology get ahead. So they have things that are similar to like a Kindle. Not exactly, but you can like you can call a book from the library and get the official library copy digitally like in this. They call it a blank, but it's kind of like a huh. Kindle. But you you can't actually own physical paper copies of books. The library gets all of those. So printing presses and like the written world word is basically illegal. So it's kind of huh. about like how you can use that to suppress a population and how the population can push back and in this world, the main character is a book smuggler's son who starts to learn the trade and like physical books, right? That, that are illegal. Right. And he starts to learn the trade and then realizes it isn't quite for him because he appreciates books too much and like the knowledge that they represent. So instead, his family basically gives him the option. They're like, you can go join the library. Otherwise, like you're kicked out of the family. Like you can go wow. and try to join up and you're going to be our inside man. Otherwise, we're not supporting you anymore. And that's the premise of it. So he has to join this organization that's suppressing information. But once he gets into it, he's kind of like, well, I do believe in like, you know, the preservation and distribution of information, but maybe not the methods they use to do it. It's really, really interesting. That sounds really, really fantastic. And it looks like there's also a second book in the series called Paper and Fire. Have you read it? Yeah. And part of that is um, the uh, the opposing faction are basically like rebels, insurgents, whatever. And they're called burners right. because they think that a human life is worth more than a, a book, whereas the library is kind of the opposite of that. They think knowledge is okay. worth more than people. And um, so burners have Greek fire because, right, technology has progressed in a different way it's just super dangerous fire and um they burn things right they burn people they burn books they they rise up against it so yeah it's a really really cool world i really like the characters and it's the first book that i when i finished it this year i immediately looked and said is there another one i want to know what happens next so i picked up paper paper and fire but i haven't started it yet that's awesome i'm so likely to read that soon yeah it's really good and chances of me finishing the next book 
soon are very, very high. I'm in the middle of the uh, the Ahsoka book because it just came okay. out for Star Wars. And then I'm diving right back in. I'm going to do Paper and Fire next. That sounds awesome. I'll I will add links to that in the show notes, and I will probably also add one to Ahsoka, even though I can't spell it when I type it in, so that uh, everyone will know about that too. Cool. I think that's about it for this week. Um, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback, or questions and answers. Um, our email address are not answers, but questions, and we'll do the answers. You later. can answer them too, but that's weird. That is weird. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast, which is probably the better place. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geekcast and like i said we'll make a thread there for questions also and if you want to get email updates about any of our network's podcasts run on over to geek to geekcast.com and tell us which shows you want updates about i blog almost daily at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege, and I host the Geek Fitness Health Hacks podcast, and it lives at geekfitness.net and on all social networks as at geekfitnesscast. We've been Void and Beege with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye!